Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here to discuss X-Men versus the Avengers, numbers one and two from April and May of 1987, released December and January of 1986 and 1987. And uh, let's see, what is this one titled? Justice for All. Oh, okay. A couple of things I forgot to mention when we were doing our Fantastic Four versus X-Men coverage. Two things. Okay. First of all, uh, I, I actually didn't realize I had this until I thought about it for a second. Uh, but I, I'm, I'll be reading these selections of Aven- X-Men versus the Avengers from X-Men versus Avengers slash Fantastic Four trade paperback. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... I it must have been on super sale because there's no other reason I would have bought this thing. But what's in it is the four issues, obviously, from each series, and then their first meetup in the pages of the classic X-Men. But not, not classic X-Men, like like old school X-Men. Yeah, I yeah, have like X-Men issue eight and issue, uh, Fantastic. Well, the first time they met the Fantastic Four was in the pages of Fantastic Four. Do they have that one? I believe so, now that you're putting me on the spot. But I think it's that... Um, Android story? Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago that we covered that. <laughs> yes. I think it was like episode five. Yes, it's like X-Men number 10 with Lucifer, if you remember him. That was right. with the Avengers. And then the Fantastic Four one is definitely uh, the, the clay guy. Uh, Fantastic Four number 28. As I recall, that one's titled, We Have to Fight the X-Men. It's totally titled, We Have to Fight the X-Men. So I don't know why I remember that. So, for those of you who are following along with trade paperbacks and their editions, uh, there you go. It's like, I guess it's 10 issues. Um, retail on this puppy was twenty four ninety nine, but I can't imagine spending more than 15 <laughs> If that. <laughs> well, I, nowadays. Right. I, I have no idea what I picked this up for. But anyways, yeah, so, that, so there you go. The, the other thing that I mentioned, which is a little bit more critical for the story, maybe not, uh, and we totally glossed over it, and I, we didn't even gloss over it, we totally skipped it when we were doing our Fantastic Four coverages. There was a, a panel or two of Magneto saying, I really wish I would have finished Standing Trial back in X-Men. There was? Yes. I know there was reference to the trial. We covered the She-Hulk talking to Thing stuff. I don't recall that, but okay. There was a, a panel or something of Magneto saying that maybe he didn't wish, but he, he wonders how it would have turned out if his trial would have finished. Because as you remember, they were interrupted by, what, Freedom Force? No. Who were they interrupted by? Yeah, Freedom Force. Yeah. Was it Freedom? No, Freedom Force brought him to justice. It was, oh, it was, uh, was it Fenris? Oh, yeah, it was uh, the Fenris twins. But I thought Freedom Force was there. Like, Mystique was there. They were there. They were definitely there, but they were there kind of to oversee the trial because they were the ones that brought them to justice in order to obtain their government status. Mm. Anyways. I am reading this from Avengers Epic Collection, Volume 17. Speaking of epic collections, there are quite a few of them that exist for the X-Men. There's a, there's a handful. More than I had actually thought. I was. I found myself in a comic book shop uh, over spring break, and there was at least three X Men Epic Editions uh, on their shelves. Two of which I didn't have. I believe there's three of the Chris Claremont later X Men, mm-hmm. and two of the uh, classic, as you call them, Stanley X Men. Right. Uh, but given that it was a comic book brick and mortar shop. Uh, they were not selling them for 50% off like the internet typically does, so I did not buy one. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> Sorry, brick-and-mortar comic book shops, if you are a listener. <laughs> it's 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 not that we don't love you. It's just that we can't afford you. I was in a local comic book shop, and, and they have you know tons of trade paperbacks. And I was looking for one of the Marvel Masterworks for this very podcast, and I found one. And I asked the shopkeep, I was like, hey, so are these all cover price or like 40% off or is there anything like that? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I put <laughs> These it, are marked up, sir. <laughs> yeah, these, these cost 20% more than sticker price. And so then I put the thing down and I, well, I backed out of the comic book shop slowly to make sure that I wasn't hurt. Shamefully. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Anyways, there you go. So X-Men versus the Avengers. Uh, number one here is, uh, it's it's pretty well drawn, but it's kind of a boring cover. I like the fact that um, Rogue and She-Hulk 
So we should say it, it's it's the three members of the X-Men facing off against three members of the Avengers with red Iron Man flying in. It's right. not Iron Man. I just don't remember his name at the minute. But uh, I like the fact that She-Hulk and Rogue who are facing off are in like exactly opposite positions. Yes. It's neat. This is a who uh this is a Mark Silvestri cover, I think. I think so, yeah. It yeah. looks like his. He's he's in the interior, so. But it's not Dan Green inking. It's actually Joe Rubenstein, which, you know, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, Joe Rubenstein. I don't I will never stop mentioning this. Called me out at a Comic-Con because I was wearing a t-shirt that he inked and he was like, "Don't you know who I am?" And I was Aww. like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Let's and he made me feel terrible. What shirt was it? We've probably talked about this on this very podcast, but we we probably have. It was it was the um it was a Wolverine t shirt drawn by I wanna say it was Andy Kubert. Okay. And uh you can get him at Target. <laughs> oh. Is it the one where he's like hunched over with like an arm in front of him? I guess that pretty much describes every Wolverine image. Yeah, it's a it's a Wolverine T-shirt with Wolverine on it. <laughs> okay, I think I have two of those. One of them's blue and one of them's gray. That's probably the same. Uh, it's probably the same. I've seen many people with them. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. So here we go. Uh, Stanley presents. Roger Stern is writing. Mark Silvestri is penciling. Joseph Rubenstein is inking. Joe Rosen's the letter. Christy Shields the colorist. Mark. Gruenwald and Andesenti are editing, and Jim Shooter is the editor-in-chief. And we start our story out in front of a Kmart. Kmart! Yay! Remember when there were Kmarts? I, are there no Kmarts left? I don't know. I There, there used to be one uh, near where I live, but I think it's closed. I mean, I I remember when they filed for bankruptcy and I, I just went there like every day because, you know, one day it'd be 40% off everything, then 60% off everything, then 80% off everything. So are you going to Toys R Us every day now? God, no. Do you know how many people are probably doing that, trying to get all those last minute deals and all those toys? I went the other day and everybody was using, like, there was a huge line and I was like, there's no discounts yet. Why is everybody here? And the guy was like, we're just trying to use up all our coupons. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Or uh, gift <laughs> cards as well. They don't want their gift cards to expire. I mean, anytime I go to Toys R Us, I always, there's an, an aisle. I don't know what aisle number it is, but they have all like the the McFarland movie related toys. Uh, mm. And they're awesome, but they're all like 25 to $35. And I, I look at them and I'm like, this is awesome and then i put it down <laughs> so to get one of those for 40 50 off would be awesome but i i bet you collectors are snagging those up you know immediately oh yeah the people that are going there every day are, are going to snag those so the only thing that's going to be left is like care bears and other duplo lego sets so i'm not even gonna bother think, you don't think there's care bear collectors out there <laughs> Uh, man, maybe. Like, is Care Bears still a thing? I don't know. I just picked something. I found something in my brain and I pulled it out. <laughs> it happened to be Care Bears. Uh, it's, it's the Avengers that are in front of Kmart. Um, Specifically, Dr. Druid and Captain America. I, I don't know anything about Dr. Druid. He's got a red spandex outfit. Apparently he's got some sort of like Dr. Strangey type powers. He's a, he's a magic guy, but it's mostly uh, like hypnosis and maybe some telep telep telepathy something like that yeah and in fact captain america tells the officer on duty that uh that they need to evacuate the kmart immediately and dr druid goes inside the kmart and uses mass hypnosis which normally doesn't work so easy but uh the implication is that kmart shoppers are stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so exactly right shoppers are typically are an easier crowd to manipulate or Something like that, he says. Uh, out in space, Thor and Captain Marvel are repelling chunks of um, meteor. There's a comet, and or a, I guess a meteor, a, a meteor storm. So well, that's a comet that broke up, and it's it's going straight towards. Um, well, one of the places it's going is this Kmart. I think specifically, it's a broken up meteor. I'm sorry, not a meteor, an asteroid. Yes, it's definitely an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, this is definitely an Avengers versus because the first big chunk of this is all Avengers related and how they save this small town in Ohio from all of this asteroid debris. Yeah. They're, uh, Captain Marvel and Thor work together. Um, 
She-Hulk and Black Knight are in the um, Quinjet. Yes, sir. Uh, and She-Hulk kind of mismaneuvers the Quinjet. 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 And it, um, one of the meteors goes through the Quinjet, and then they're adding uh, possible further damage by crashing into the ground. Uh, luckily, Thor spins his mighty hammer and uh, manages to stop the, uh, the 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 crash. Any crash you can walk away from is a is a okay by me, says She-Hulk. And Black Knight says, "I wouldn't go quite that far." Oh, my sinuses. She comments, there's a a rock that's on top of a portion of the Quinjet. She comments about how heavy it is to move, but she's able to finally work it loose. I think indicating that there's something a little bit different about this asteroid material. It's almost magnetic. (laughs) Yes, it is almost magnetic. And uh, Black Knight does point out on the the, the next page that the meteor is, in fact, unusually magnetic. And he clips a chunk off with his sword, and it immediately flies over and sticks to the Quinjet. And some U.S. FBI or CIA guy says, then this must be, yes. Oh, yes. Ha <laughs> ha! You've done our nation a great service, Avenger. I can't wait to tell our Russian friends about this. Because there's an even larger chunk of the asteroid slash meteor landing in Kombucha. Com- not to be confused with Kombucha. <laughs> Kombucha. Which is a delicious, usually ginger-infused drink that, that's pretty intense on the organs. I think some folks would argue with your uh, word delicious. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like kombucha, but I, sometimes I'll, t- I'll take a bottle of it in to work and I'll be sipping on it in the morning and other people would be like, that's disgusting. And I'll be like, microbiotics. No, what are they? Probiotics, yo. Well, just, just, tell, just tell your judgmental coworkers, they don't all taste the same. They're like soda. You like some, you don't like others. Mm. I don't even think I knew that. I thought there was just one kombucha. Oh, no. There's different flavors. Although, I guess uh, a friend of mine, he makes his own kombucha. Uh, I uh. have never tried it, but I'm sure it's good. But probably tastes overall the same. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. They're, they're not all made the same, though. So, it is possible you, you might find a better or worse kombucha. A few hours later, in the heart of the Soviet Union, a uh, railroad... Has a catastrophic malfunction. And there's another train that is heading straight towards the the destruction. Uh, I guess a train derailed, and now another train is about to hit it. And that's when the Soviet Avengers, the Soviet super soldiers, I guess? Yes, uh, that is what they're referred to. I don't recognize any of these people except for uh, Dark Dark Force? Is, no, Dark Star. Dark Star. Because she was in The Champions. Ah, yes, okay. Iceman had a crush on her. Yes, throughout this entire uh, two issues that we'll be covering, I was like, oh, she's awfully familiar. I feel like I've seen her before. And apparently her brother is Vanguard. And there's also Titanium Man, who is a giant green robot. And then there's a bear whose name is, um, oh, geez. I don't remember what his name is. It'll come Ursa, up. Ursa Major. Ursa Major. Terrible uh, name for a bear. He should be like Bear Man. <laughs> Vanguard, uh, just watching this panel of them like flying out in kind of their own mini splash panel, you see Vanguard with his hammer and sickle, obviously the symbols of of russia but i was like well that what a pain in the ass you got to carry those two things around everywhere you go (laughs) like i get like carrying one thing because then you have the other hand free to like open up doors or whatever you need to do this guy's got a hammer and a sickle i hope he's got like a cool belt that he can put it put it down sometimes he has a belt but i i don't see a like a sickle sheath but i'm assuming he's got a hammer he can probably throw it i mean of course he can yeah so he's able to use his hammer and sickle in like a weird kind of uh, helicoptering motion, kind of like what Thor did to slow the Quinjet, uh, but he's able to use these things to stop this locomotive. Much like the Avengers uh, sequence that we just went through, uh, they save the day, but things don't always go according to plans, and they, they cause a little bit of damage in the process. Um, I, I, th- I think there's a parallel being drawn here, but I don't know. <laughs> what that these guys aren't as uh, good as the Avengers, maybe? Well, I feel like they were, they were, they were, their executions were both flawed. Although ah. I think it does seem like the Avengers were a little bit more efficient, but I don't know. Then there's also this weird orange robot who's known as the Crimson Dynamo. I guess he's a red robot. And so this- the Crimson Dynamo is KGB, and the 
super Soviet super soldiers are just superheroes working for Russia and they don't trust the KGB guy. But there's some weird backstory about the green guy, the green robot. What was his name? T- Titanium Man. Inside of Titanium Man is a little man named Gremlin, which is a great name yeah. for a little man. <laughs> He's got one of those leader shaped heads where his, his, uh, his head is shaped like a, a bald egg. So, I don't know, something's going on there where there's maybe some bad blood between Crimson Dynamo and Titanium Man, but I didn't care because I don't care. They don't trust him, uh, I guess just because he's KGB. He pops out and he's like, yes, Dynamo, this is the new Titanium Man is my creation, as are the armor-piercing bullets in my pistol. And at this point, I'm like, is this like a thing that Avengers fans know? Because uh, it seems like there's some history here that they're alluding to, but not really telling us. It could be. It could also be some other. It is weird that they don't reference any of this. Uh, from what I read online, all of these people last appeared in, what was it, some random thing. Issues of ROM, oh. believe it or not. <laughs> I do believe it, actually, because a lot of, like... I don't know. A lot of, I don't want to say important, but a lot of stories happen in ROM that don't seem like they should have. Which is a shame because, like, Marvel no longer has the right to reprint any of those. Oh, they don't? Yeah, which is why, like, you'll get your your collections of things and the ones with ROM are never reprinted. Who owns the rights to ROM? That's a great question because there's a new ROM comic out now. I think it's like a toy company, like Hasbro or something. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So I don't know if they're just not like now that there's I wonder if the, everything changed now that like they're being published as a comic again. Um, Is by, it like IDW or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, Because like Marvel has a really good relation with IDW and Image in that I think IDW is reprinting all of the G.I. Joe Marvel stories. I mean, why not? Right. I mean, they, they continued the series from what? 155. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's not doing anything. Why not do like a shared rights thing where fine, you reprint them and we want 20%. Yeah. And, and, and so they have, uh, I think Marvel re- did like the first 50 issues and then I guess maybe didn't find any money in it. And then once IDW got the rights, they, they redid the first 50 and then they did all the rest. And now they're continuing through to reprint all their new stuff, which I have not read. I picked up issue 200 just for just for the heck of it just for the heck of it but i haven't i didn't did i read it i think i actually did read it i couldn't tell you what happened though have you not read any of the new gi joe series i read the the very first issue okay and then i read issue 200 okay i don't remember anything that happened in 200 um i remember that billy disowns cobra commander in the first issue Okay, I don't remember that, but uh, I remember that I saw I they're still they're still making new issues or or Larry Hama is still writing new issues. Yeah, Um, I when you told me about that, which was a few years ago, I started reading them and it was very Larry Hama, G.I. Joe, like without missing a beat. He just kept going. The characters that were dead are still dead. Um, any of the stupid outfits that I think maybe Hasbro had like Flint in or whatever, those were all gone and they were kind of back to their classic uniforms, which was also kind of cool. And I think I want to, I want to say I read maybe 20 issues and I was into it, but I, I just kind of lost track. I'll probably get back. I'll probably start over again at 155 and continue. Uh, but yes, I liked them. I definitely intended to read them as well. I just, I, I, I bought like, I bought like a collection of the first five maybe. Okay. And I just haven't gotten around to reading it. Yep, good stuff. Uh, anyways, it, probably better than probably better than what we've read so far. Anyways, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if coming from somebody who as somebody who doesn't know who these characters are, this is all right. I yeah, I'll, I'll, they're setting up uh, the foundation of a story by by introducing these characters and the various weird things that are going on that they are working to save their countries from. So then we flip so the, our attention the, to the X-Men. Hold on, hold on. The Crimson Dynamo, this is important. Oh, okay. He, he, he recruits the uh, super Soviet superheroes because uh, the, the railroad's computerized disruption was caused by an asteroid fragment passing through Soviet airspace. But that fragment may also give us an opportunity to right a wrong done to the motherland. Mm. Help, help me avenge the Soviet people, mm. he says. When you say it that way, I do see the connection. Um, when I first read this, I just kind of like 
glazed over all of this, but <laughs> I guess that is that is an important detail. Um, the X Men are chilling, dancing on a dock with swimsuits on. Even Wolverine's got some trunks. And I have to say, uh, this is a this is written by Roger Stern, but he's he does the vo- the voices of the X Men pretty well, except for one thing that I'll point out in a second. Okay, I would agree. It's 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 pretty good. Rogue sounds like Rogue. Dazzler kind of sounds like Dazzler. Um, but yeah, they're all kind of hanging out. Um, I don't know. Dad, rogue swimming. Wolverine doesn't want to get wet yet. He'll get wet on his own time. Dazzler uh, is dancing to Lionel Richie, and Magneto admits that while the tune is engaging, he prefers the classics. To which Dazzler says, "You mean like Buddy Holly?" <laughs> oh, uh, I feel like in the next page when Wolverine's like rogue. Don't do that again. I don't like being annoyed on a holiday. And he cuts a fly with his claw. I feel like it's his middle claw. And I feel like he's giving Rogue the bird. Oh, that's that's a good point. Um, my problem with this is that Wolverine wouldn't kill a fly for no reason. I agree. It seems slightly out of character for him. I mean, maybe if the fly was like an evil villain who was about to murder his friends. Sure. I could see that. I feel like, the, like he's, he's he's a nature guy. Yes. A better introduction for Wolverine here would be him using that claw to slice off the top of his beer can that he has in his hand. Which, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Uh, I did not notice the middle, middle claw thing, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's on purpose. Uh, I can't imagine it was on purpose, but... I, I don't know either, but I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Havoc's off on his own. He's thinking kind of like he was in the fantastic four maybe i can't remember if he was but like how he not sure if he fits in how things have changed he doesn't trust magneto particularly no um, but he does say one thing that he hasn't said in the fantastic four thing which was boy he misses lorna that's true but he doesn't say mm-hmm. like i've called her and she won't answer just i miss her yeah i, should... I mean logically what we know makes absolutely no sense he should be all worried but remember these issues came out before 219 so maybe they didn't know exactly what was going to be going on sure fair enough um it's probably like hey chris uh so this havoc guy what's his deal he's like um he's separate from lorna he misses her that's all i got so far run with that He's he's so mad, he's wondering, why did he rejoin this team anyways? And he uses his powers to blow up some rocks. Because apparently ambient cosmic ray energy has been building up in his body for a couple days, and now he's releasing it. Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, it was, right? Uh, that is why his uniform was originally designed by, I don't remember who, but it was to contain the cosmic rays that he was absorbing. And that's what those concentric circles are. Remember when Magneto designed Angel's costume? Yes. Those were the days. I want to say it was like Larry Trask that designed Havoc's suit, but I'm prob- okay. probably wrong about that. I'm not going to argue. I don't remember. But anyways, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think they, they ultimately lose that and the suit just kind of becomes a cool thing. I mean, he definitely does absorb energy and then he fires it back out. But this whole like, I got to release it, I think kind of goes away. But Oh, well. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, while, while the X-Men are hanging out and, and getting bored by the news, uh, some folks aren't particularly bored by the news, and they hear a report about some rocks that are slamming into the earth. Right. They, they, they get some news reports about all the stuff we just talked about at Kmart. <laughs> Unusual electromagnetic properties may already have impacted, uh, been impacted in the southeast or in Southeast Asia, and that's when Magneto is like extraordinary. Could it be? I thought it was destroyed, but if a fragment of any size has survived, I must know. And so he takes off. He he steals the Blackbird. There's also a moment where Storm sees Thor on TV and thinks to herself. I wonder if I had my powers, if I could beat him. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he flies off. He's, he says, uh, the fragment would almost certainly come down in Kampucha. That could mean trouble. I'd best not involve the X-Men. Uh, they would only disapprove of me looking for something from my criminal past. I, what could Which, that be? You know, normally I would kind of be like, yeah, whatever. At least they're making an attempt to explain why Magneto runs off on his own. And it's not a bad one. I'm okay mm. with this. In 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 other comics, they wouldn't even bother. We'd just be like, uh, that no explanation necessary. I'm out of here. 
I feel like when Magneto joins the X-Men, I th- there would have been like a full question and answer session. For example, what happened to all those amazing weapons you created when you were evil? Are those gone? Should we worry about them? Should we go find them? Should we go index them? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that should have occurred. So I think it would be in Magneto's best interest to say, hey, X-Men. Remember that thing I had? Well, it seems to be falling down on Kampucha. We should go get it, because what I don't want to have happen is any of that evil stuff to get in the hands of any evil people. Well, here's what I, I think. The, the the subtext of this is that Magneto has, has hinted before that he doesn't want to fall back into his evil ways. He said that in the pages of X-Men mm-hmm. to Storm. And I think he's still kind of worried about that. And that's why he doesn't really want to like he's not even aware how worried about it he is. He's creating his own excuses for why he doesn't want to involve the X-Men. It's just because he's he's sort of worried and he wants to handle this problem on his own. So you think he doesn't even trust himself? Yeah. Okay. fair enough. So he steals the jet. He takes off and uh, the Wolverine calls the X-Men to action and says Magneto's gone. We got to go find him. I checked and found what he'd run through the computer. It looks like part of Asteroid M has fallen to Earth. Smart Money says Magneto's gone to find it. That's when Rogue points out that the last time we saw uh, Asteroid M was in New Mutants number 21 when Warlock went straight through it and destroyed it, smashed it to bits, she says. Remember that? No. That was right before there was like a, I think it was a scene where he was like sitting in Asteroid M, probably thinking about Bagda or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then it goes like it's it's like a cutaway, mm-hmm. and then something goes through it and destroys it. And shortly thereafter, he would join the X Men. But now that you mention it, I do remember that. Yeah, and I think there was many. Weren't there many panels of him in the New Mutants, just like crying over Magda and memories, just hanging out in Asteroid M by himself, and then right. Warlock smashed through it. And then he falls into the ocean, and Lee Forrester rescues him. All right. It's all coming back to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all that now. It's a recap of the recap that we already recapped. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they, they're going to take off and they're going to go help him. But I don't know how. Do they describe that? Because Magneto took the airplane. No, no. Magneto flew off by himself. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. They're they're in the airplane when they find that information. Yeah, that's how Wolverine calls them is with the uh, Blackbird's morning siren that goes, Wee! So the Avengers, they're also like, hey, I think it's Asteroid M. That's the base of Magneto. Uh, The government finally tells them. Because where we last left off and the government was all like, ooh, I know what this is. (laughs) They didn't actually tell the Avengers what it was. They were like, thanks, Avengers. See you later. Smell you later. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so they're like, uh, uh, people in our government are helping uh, to bait a trap. So the government is using this. They're planting this information out so that Magneto will reveal himself so that they can get them, get him. Yeah, because the, uh, the, the U.S. government wants Mag, uh, Magneto taken care of by the Soviets so they don't have to deal with him, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, so the, the Americans leaked the information to the KGB hoping that they would kill him. And the Avengers decide to get themselves involved after they go through a uh, – I don't know. I really enjoyed this kind of backstory of all of Magneto's adventures. Like they go back to X-Men number one and number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to Journey into Mystery 109, where which we covered that issue where Magneto is his typical uh, self-attacking old school Thor. Yep, yep. That was the one back with, uh, what was that guy's name? Dr. Dr. What's-His-Face? Mm-hmm. It was back when every if, if Thor didn't hold on to his hammer for 60 oh. seconds... He turned on. He turned back into Doctor Daniel oh, no. Lewiston. No, no. Oh, they even made a joke about it in Thor number one, or the first Thor movie. Doctor Littlefoot. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know what's sad is that I'm rereading. Or I'm not rereading. I'm reading some old '60s Thors, and let me tell you, they're super entertaining. So I should totally know who this guy's name is, but I can't remember. It's going to come to me like in the middle of next issue, and I'm just going to blurt it out. So just just wait for that. Uh, they also talk about Defenders number 16 when he was reduced to infancy. Disappointing that they don't draw this. I feel like they're kind of skimming over it. Yeah, but that's when in the eyes of the court he was reborn and was a new man. So everything before he was reduced to infancy was scratched from the record. But there right. were other things... 
Captain America Annual number four. Uh, let's see. Uh, X-Men number 112 and 113. I believe the annual number four was written or uh, written and drawn by Jack Kirby. Oh, okay. Uh, we covered that one. Number 112 and 113 was when? That's when they kidnapped the, he kidnapped the X-Men. Oh, right. Yep. We'll see a flashback of that in the next issue. And then also X-Men number 150, when he sank a submarine and killed everybody uh, everybody in it aboard and used his yeah. control of magnetism to create a volcano in the middle of Varikino, uh, destroying the entire city. So to be fair, the Russians have a uh, proper beef with uh, a score to settle, if you will, with Magneto. Right. So be that as it may, he his charges before infancy were reduced he's committed some atrocities afterward and maybe he should be held accountable for that and as i mentioned before the avengers decide to get involved because uh they want to they want they don't want magneto to get killed they want him to come to justice they want him to stand trial yeah justice for all as the title goes exactly every as captain america says every individual deserves a fair trial humanity deserves it so we flip our attention over to Campucha, where magneto is floating around looking for his bits of asteroid m he can kind of feel it with his uh he can feel the the magnetic fields with his powers but he gets interrupted by captain marvel on behalf of the united nations i place you under arrest surrender there will be no need to use force and of course, Magneto immediately attacks because he's all like, my mission is uh, too important to waste time with you. I'm going to throw this rock at you, which is kind of, come on, Magneto. You're supposed to be better than this. In his defense, the Avengers are not here to listen to his excuses. They're here to apprehend him and take him to stand trial. And Magneto ain't got time for that. But you're right. He, he probably should say something before just attacking. But it doesn't matter because Captain Marvel's like, I knew it would be safer to approach you as a hologram. So the or the iron ore chunk that he throws at her goes right through her. And um, that's when Thor comes down. Thou worst given a chance to come peaceably, jackal. This is not what Thor says. But <laughs> You're really reading old Thors? He doesn't actually talk that way in old Thor's. Oh, does he talk like a human? Yeah, he talk, just like, talks like a normal guy. Okay. I Like like I said before, I like 60s comics, and I have to tell you, those Thor's are a ton of fun. Donald? Donald Blake. Donald Blake. <laughs> right. We got there, guys. We got there. Yeah, we did it. All of you <laughs> screaming his name. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out, too. <laughs> So yeah, the rest of the Avengers show up and they're like, uh, "We, you're, um, we're going to take you to the world court." And he, uh, that's when Magneto tries to talk, and he's like, "I have no argument with you. Leave me." And that Doctor Druid gets into his mind and freezes him up. Relax. And they, uh, Black Knight has some degaussing manacles that he built, which um, apparently blocks his magnetic powers. What is the deal with Black Knight? So he, he got a sword from Merlin, or did he find the sword, or, like, what's his deal? Because it seems I don't like... Know. I don't know anything about Black Knight. Okay. Yes, he, he has something to do with King Arthur. Uh, he, I'm assuming he has that sword. Right. I just, I've never understood him. Like, he seems to, like, he should be, like, an old-timey knight who should be strong and have a super powerful sword, and that should be his power. But it also seems like, I, I think he has, like, a robotic horse that he flies around on. He is apparently a technical wizard as well. Like, he's he's one of the big brains in the Marvel U, uh, based on the, I'm basing that solely on the fact that he created these degaussing manacles. What? There's the degaussing manacles, but there's just, there's, like, in the next issue, he, he will have other devices at his disposal. I've just never understood, like, him. <laughs> like, what's he, what's his deal? He doesn't seem to have, like, uh, a thing. Is he old-timey Merlin sword, or is he new-age Tony Stark inventor guy? I, uh, both. <laughs> Why not? I don't like that. You can only be one thing. You can be so many things. <sighs> So uh, somebody, a Dazzler, I believe, just shoots through the degaussing manacles, and that's when the X-Men show up. She only cuts it in half because right. uh, they he, he does manage to, uh, Black Knight does manage to put them on later, which I don't think we actually see. Right. But they refer to it later, and I was like, what? That's why I, I had to correct myself and say she cuts through them, uh, but yeah, she does not destroy them. And the X-Men are like, Wrong, Avenger. We're here. If you got a problem with Magneto, you got a problem with us. Says Wolverine. Let's get him. Back off, Wolverine. Don't try anything stupid, says Captain America. And 
Wolverine says, the only stupid moves are made by folks who crossed me like that fly earlier in the issue. <laughs> I cut him in half with my, my middle <laughs> claw because I was really telling Rogue, F you, I don't want to get wet. And the fly got in my way and I killed him. He getting wet. <laughs> and uh, uh, Dr. Druid casts us. I don't know. He says, I sense five. Five mines approaching from the north, and that's when... He's pointing. He's not casting anything. Well, but I mean, He's it's pointing. all bright and stuff over there. He's not casting anything here, right? And Wolverine also smells the fact that we're getting company, and that's when the Soviet superheroes plus Red Diamond... I will never remember this guy's name. Crimson, Crimson Dynamo. Crimson Dynamo. Oh, no. Dynamo. Crimson yes. Dynamo. We, we have come for you, Magneto. Deliver him to us, and no one need be harmed, the Rushskis say. We've got a three-way face-off happening here, man. So the Avengers want him to stand trial, the Russians want to assassinate him, and the X-Men are caught in the middle. I don't like your tone, bub. Can it, Shorty, says She-Hulk. We'll handle this. And that's when it's on. Yeah, so it's like they didn't really even coordinate between the Fantastic Four versus X-Men issues either. Because at some point, She-Hulk should be like, look, I know he's a criminal, and I was actually studying a mock case on him, but the guy's not all bad. Like, we just had another adventure with him with the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, <laughs> She-Hulk almost does a complete 180 from how she was in that these Those issues are being published at the same times as these. So you would think there would be some coordination, but yeah. I don't know how Marvel works. So it's a it's almost like it's a Mexican standoff between the three teams, and that's when the issue ends. What's a Mexican standoff? Is that with multiple guns or something? That's when, like, you have three people, each with a gun aimed at each other's head. Is that from, like, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly or something? I don't know. I only learned about them from Quentin Tarantino movies, but I think it was a thing in... in Certainly westerns. That's what okay, I, yeah. so it it is the thing from like from like Hong Kong movies. Sure, there's three people. Each one of them could kill the next person. Uh, and I want to so, say that's a hallmark of John Woo films. Sure, probably. Meh. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, but I do know that we we reached issue two, which uh, the title of this one is Uneasy Allies. Issue two. I feel like this is a. A misleading cover, but kind of an iconic cover. It's misleading and it isn't misleading. You're right. You're Because um, sort of, this sort of happens, but not really in the way that it's being depicted here. So so what's happening is Magneto is on the cover. He's got fangs. I don't know why. but The fangs are the weird thing. I, mean, I can't get past that. <laughs> and and he's he's got his new Magneto robes on, but he is either putting on or taking off his Magneto helmet. So if you're maybe a reader of the Avengers and not a reader of the X-Men, and for some reason you missed the X-Men versus the Avengers number one, and you're seeing this, you might be misled to be like, oh my God, they're going to reveal Magneto's face in this issue. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like an unmaskings issue. Well, it says the temptation of Magneto, which which doesn't lead you in that direction. I, I don't know what direction it leads you into. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like... If, for those couple of reasons, like his teeth, his evil face, whether he's putting on or taking off his helmet, like all of it's like very weird and misleading. But at the same time, it's I think it's kind of an iconic cover. Like it's very it's 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 good cover, but it's weird. <laughs> it is. It is very well. It's it's a striking image. The um the storm and Wolverine in the background it looks like every other storm and Wolverine. Like <laughs> yeah, I just feel like this pose of both of them has been done before or will be doing done again but i think I could be wrong about that but this is just what it looks like it feels it feels like that classic yeah. storm wolverine sort of pose and the uh the captain america and she hulk are also uh, just just very very good classic uh mark silvestri drawings they're just kind of gaping yeah it's they're good... not really posing as like the x-men are it's a good cover. If if they would just take the image of Magneto and stick that on a T-shirt, I I I would probably buy it. Even with the teeth, I I, I think the teeth adds some like unnecessarily adds something to it. I think they do too, but I would hate to have to explain that to everybody. Yeah, why's Magneto got teeth in that? <laughs> yeah, today. Uh, I was on a Slack channel at work and somebody was like, uh, I don't know, they were quoting like the Big Bang Theory or something. And I was like, uh, well, actually, the X-Men or somebody said, actually, the X-Men get their uh, their name from the 
the X gene. And then I had to jump in and was like, technically, according to issue one, <laughs> they get it from their extra powers. <laughs> right. And everybody groaned. And Nerd. I was like, the 60s were cool. Uh, what is a Slack channel? Oh, uh, you don't have those at your work? No. I'll Google it tomorrow. I, I don't have time to explain <laughs> Slack. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Sounds pretty crazy. We The first page is kind of a recap of the first issue. And then we are treated to a nice two-page spread of everybody attacking everybody. Except for the X-Men. They're kind of just uh, like hanging out. Yeah, you're right. They are just kind of in the middle of it. Because... Because really, the crux of this is like, the X-Men are like, nobody touches Magneto. And the Russians are like, we're going to kill Magneto. And the Avengers are like, no, he needs to stand trial. So it's really the Russians and the Avengers that have the, the they're the ones that are trying to get to Magneto. And as long as those two are fighting, the X-Men are kind of like, um, should we just let this play out? Or what should we do? It's the same creative team. And it is called Uneasy Allies, which is also kind of a misleading title. Uh, it, no, I, I don't think it is. No? And I'll okay. explain why later, if I remember. I'll probably forget. Okay. But trust me, trust me, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, I like this page. It's it's well done. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good two-page spread for sure. No, no problems here. Uh, hammer and Sickle Boy throws his hammer as I thought he might, and She-Hulk catches it. At first, I thought it was Thor's hammer, and I was like, She-Hulk can carry Thor's hammer? And then I was like, oh, never mind. I also thought that, uh... <laughs> So, uh, Dr. Druid does a lot of mind confusion stuff to make people think that things are at places that they're not. Yeah, this is apparently his biggest strength is convincing, uh, his enemies that their allies are their enemies. <laughs> right. Which is a pretty powerful power if you think about it. Like he can put, he uses much, it a lot pretty effectively. So yeah, he does. And it seems like the only limit is like maybe like it only lasts for an hour or so. And then, yeah, well there, there's at, at one point he's going to, well, we'll get, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah, he walks away and it's still, lingers right right. it's pretty powerful so yeah the x-men are like well they're fighting how about we leave yeah uh rogue grabs magneto who now has his shackles on and just takes off and that's yeah as you say they they retreat Uh, wolverine says these ruskies want to fight they got one storm and uh storm says wolverine no rogue has the right idea and to his credit wolverine well-written Wolverine follows Storm. Yep, he he listens. He doesn't go all crazy like a, a poor or writer would have had him do. Like Chris Claremont would have had him do. <laughs> Dazzler uh, says that she hates doing this because the Avengers were her friends. And I was trying to remember, did she meet up with the Avengers in the pages of Dazzler? And I think she did. She was never an Avenger, but I think she hung out at the Avengers mansion for a couple issues. Okay. I think. I can't remember. But anyways, she blinds them to, to kind of cover their tracks and they leave. Uh, Rogue has got Daz, or Rogue has got Magneto and she's flying ahead and she's like, "We they'll never catch us. We're so fast. We're going to get out of here. But that's when Captain Marvel shows up and she's like, hey, don't go too far away. <laughs> and she doesn't just show up. She's like, she's like kind of resting. Uh, she's keeping pace with Rogue who's going fast and she's just kind of leaning backwards, easily keeping pace with her. And Rogue is a little bit uh, shocked at this. She's like, oh man, that that lady, she just changed directions without even slowing down. We could be in big trouble. Right, because Rogue, I, I feel like Rogue's like flying as top speed as she can without like ripping Magneto in half. And and yes, Captain Marvel is just, whatever. We, we see you. Don't go too far. We're going to finish this fight and then we're going to take him to court. If you, uh, we don't want to fight you, but we will if we have to. I'm out. <laughs> See, I'm out. I think there's, there's also a uh, reference to the fact that she is Captain Marvel, and I think that kind of throws, uh, or is she, yeah, she's Captain Marvel, so mm. I, I feel like there's a little bit of a reference there to Carol Danvers and Rogue just not wanting to deal with the whole thing. I could be reading into that. I think you're, well, maybe, maybe not. I, I didn't catch that, but I wasn't looking for it either. Because even though Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel share the same name, uh, to me, they've never been, I don't know, comparable, if that makes sense. Well, I, don't, I, I don't think, uh, I think Carol Danvers has not been Captain Marvel yet. She's, she's oh, only really? been Miss Marvel. <gasps> okay, got it. Maybe that's why and I never connected those two dots. So Captain, she becomes Captain Marvel, I think after the original Captain Marvel returns and dies or something. I don't know. Sure. Eventually, she, she's Captain Marvel now. Okay, got it. And now there's a new Miss Marvel. Kamala Khan. Oh, God. I can't even keep up. 
Uh, the Avengers and the Russians keep fighting. Thor gets sad because he thought he was able to beat an enemy, but I don't know. Did Dr. Druid do something? No, it was Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel has the power to make, uh, sort of like uh, Kitty Pride does, she can make technologi- technological things go haywire by phasing through them, if you will. So she does that, and when um, this is not cr- Titanium Man falls over, Thor is kind of sad. Oh. I thought I did that. I didn't do that. Better to have fallen in battle than to succumb to this weakness. Thor, by the way, is in his Thor armor right now, which is because he's still under Hela's curse. So he can't heal. So he's wearing this ridiculous armor. She-Hulk is fighting Vanguard and she gives him his or her, her all because she heard that he had a force field. Uh, but apparently her punch did more than she thought it would. It causes him to go flying, and it causes her to be pushed backwards more so than she thought. If I hadn't been better braced, I'd have been knocked on my backside. And uh, Dark Star immediately attacks uh, She-Hulk, but then it turns out that it's actually not She-Hulk. It's Vanguard. And then Black Knight shows up, and Dark Star attacks her, him too, but then he turns out to be uh, Bear Guy or, or a Bora. <laughs> Ursa Major. Yes, that's that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> Turns out Dr. Druid has been manipulating Darkstar to see the enemy when it was actually her comrades. And he continues to do this. And then we cut over to the X-Men. They're still trying to escape. Um, Magneto, on the other hand, doesn't want to leave. And Havoc says, are you crazy, man? Well, he says, uh, I don't want to... Uh, wait... Uh, we mustn't run, not yet. Part of Asteroid M lies not here from it. I must inspect it. I didn't want to involve the rest of you, but as long as you're here... And that's when Havoc's like, are you kidding me? We came here to save you. We trail you halfway around the world to save your hide, and now you want us to help us recover some real estate? How much is it worth? <laughs> I want in. <laughs> Dazzler's like, relax, your power levels are building too fast. If you lose control now, the shockwave would rip the Blackbird apart. Something that never happens again. <laughs> and his concentric uh, circles are very weird. Like, instead of being, like, just concentric circles that are spreading out of his costume, it's like it's built into his costume. It's... I feel like that was a thing that happened before with yeah, the Neil Adams. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I don't know either. Oddly it's, drawn. It, I don't like yeah, it. Okay. I've never seen it before. <laughs> um, so Magneto does explain that the asteroid M is dangerous and he doesn't want anybody to get their hands on it, uh, especially not himself, and he plans on destroying it more or less, probably saving some of it. It's not really quite clear on concept, but he, uh, the, the X-Men are like, eh, we're not going with you, so he takes off. His intentions seem altruistic. Like we got to get that and keep it out of the wrong hands. But yeah, the X Men are like, we're not, we're not going to help. Um, we do get a nice flashback to X Men number one twelve and one thirteen when Wolverine was stabbing himself with his claws due to Magneto's powers. What makes you think your hands are the right ones? Back when you lived and worked on that asteroid, you were making plans to make the world safe for mutant kind by taking it over. And you were perfectly willing to torture or kill anyone who stood in your way, like me, when you tried to make me put my claws in my head. Yeah, but of course this is not a John Byrne drawing, so it's not quite as good as the original drawing. But it's close. Now, uh, like this, uh, this Wolverine that's talking in the corner is the Wolverine from the upper corner box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of a... It's like they just kind of transposed it yeah. from old issues or something. Uh, meanwhile, back at the Avengers and the Russians, uh, Darkstar has all of her comrades bound up. Dr. Druid still got her under control, and they're like, let's go. This power will last an hour. Yeah, Darkstar's trance will last another hour, even though I'm not around anymore. It's an intense trance. <laughs> uh, I guess Crimson Dynamo... I guess all of these guys are like darn it <laughs> so they're not confused by what's going on they know exactly what's happening uh, and right. so so they're they're giving the avengers some back talk uh she hulk throws uh she says we're deputized by the world court um bet you didn't even check with the local government before you barged into kombucha do you even have jurisdiction here kombucha <laughs> <laughs> i don't know kombucha <laughs> Kampuche? Is it? How does you pronounce is it? Kambuchka? I thought it was kambuchka. Uh, oh, I I don't know. I, I guess I've always called it kambucha. Uh, maybe it is kambucha. I don't know. 
Yeah, or kombucha or whatever. This is kampuchia. 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 Or maybe just kampuchi. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The Avengers are like, we're out of here, and they take off. Magneto uh, manages to locate the, uh, I guess, lake that uh, the asteroid M landed in, and he, he raises it up out of the water, and my base is once again mine. It's pretty pretty cool scene. Yep. And it's the central core of Asteroid M, which is super exciting. Uh, the X- yeah. <laughs> the X-Men fly are flying the Blackbird away, kind of debriefing about what's happened, uh, talking about whether or not they did the right thing. And Captain Marvel is here kind of in a hologram form, uh, and she's kind of listening in, and she's realizing that, well, Magneto's not here, and the X-Men are not in league with uh, Magneto. They're pretty. They're pretty annoyed at him, right? And uh, she's like, "Oh, what did Wolverine say?" Who says, "Can't believe he's going after that flaming asteroid," and he claims to have put his past behind him. So now there's going to be a misunderstanding. Storm asks, "Do you trust Magneto to do the right thing?" And Wolverine says, "I don't trust much of anybody." Storm, if he gets out of line, we'll nail him to the wall. The implication being that the X-Men are turning around. Right. If you don't, Wolverine, we will, says Captain Marvel. And she flies back and she gives the Avengers the news that Magneto split from the X-Men and he's searching for his asteroid. This is uh, this is her intangible neutrino form, in case you wanted to know. I did. <laughs> so here's where Black Knight is building some sort of device uh, to track magnetic fluxes. I guess this is what I don't like about Black Knight. He's wearing, like, old-timey armor. He's supposed to be, like, an old-timey knight, and yet he's building futuristic gizmos to detect things. It's, I wouldn't say that it's old-timey armor. It's it's a it's a superhero costume that has some aspects, shape of old-timey armor, but it looks... I mean, other than the helmet, it doesn't look like armor. Like, not, not old-timey knight armor. I guess I've not read the quintessential Black Knight issue that turns me around to liking him. I, I couldn't tell you what that would be. <laughs> okay. I've, I've read very, I, he, I, I think he was in something we were reading, but I don't remember what oh it was. Oh, God, I don't know. He, I, I think he was probably in the uh, the Avengers run that I was reading when Beast was a member. Oh, probably. But I don't know that he did anything. So Magneto is in the core of his asteroid, and he's talking about how much has been damaged and lost, but he's got a handful of salvageable memory chips. Uh, there's there's so many things that could be used against mutants. He can't take everything with him. So he's loaded up the asteroid with a bunch of explosive ch- uh, charges. After a surprising orbital breakup and reentry, it's a shame that any of this must be destroyed, but there are some parts of my past that must be left dead. And he opens a closet... And says buried, but in front of him is his old Magneto costume. And immediately he grabs the helmet and tries it on. My helmet. It seems like an eternity since I last wore it. Kind of looks over the suit. Doesn't put on the suit. Nope. He says, I was the enemy of the X-Men of all mankind when I wore this. Mankind certainly hasn't changed. I wonder, have I? Well, I'm out. <laughs> he flies out of Asteroid M, leaving it to, uh, well, it looks like it sinks back into the water, but then he pulls it out again, and I guess he's raising it up into the air so that when it explodes, it won't be near anything, That doesn't really make any sense, because if you lift a big object into the air for it to explode, aren't the projectiles just going to go everywhere? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. I would... Uh, does it, it would, I guess it wouldn't be any. Maybe he was trying to raise it into the uh, upper atmosphere, like so that it'll go into space or something. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, probably. But anyways, before he's able to do that, the Avengers show up and they're like, "Hold it right there! You lower that rock. You're coming with us." Lower the rock nice and slow and don't make any sudden moves. Hands above your head. So Thor throws his hammer at the asteroid, which is enough to make Magneto lose control of it, and it falls into the water. No, I must submerge it before it detonates. Why didn't I do that before the Avengers showed up? Exactly. And he looks back and he says, Arrogant fools, you're endangering yourselves. Kind of dipping into classic Magneto. And the thing explodes, throwing chunks of it towards the Avengers, who use various... No, no, it it definitely does not explode. What? Well, what's Uh, flying at it? Oh, Magneto's throwing rocks at him. 
Yeah. Well, they're dodging him as only the Avengers can. Thor and She-Hulk start wailing at his magnetic uh, magnetic shield. Magneto gloats. You can't get through my force field, but Captain Marvel can. Certain forms of energy can pass through easily, can't they? And then she open hand fists slams him. <laughs> I yep. guess. I'm not really sure what she does. I'm not really sure either, but it hurts him. He goes falling backwards. And that's when the Blackbird shows up. Rogue flies out. She attacks uh, She-Hulk. And they go rolling into the water. The jet lands and uh, the X-Men jump out and they join the fight. They start fighting the Avengers. Havoc's got a sort of whitish costume there. I mean, I'm sure it's just lighting, but I like it. Yep. Uh, Wolverine goes after Black Knight, and I hope he kills him. <laughs> I hope Black Knight just Save it dies. for your fan club, Wolverine. So what's happening here is Wolverine is dumbfounded that his claws are unable to cut through Black Knight's sword. And he says, it was forged by a fellow the name of Merlin, you doof. <laughs> you heard of him, right, from that movie by Disney? <laughs> sword in the Stone? That's this that I'm fighting you with. So whatever... Whatever his sword is made out of is more powerful than adamantium. It's probably vibranium. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Rogue and She-Hulk continue fighting. Storm's kind of manning the jet, I guess. Somebody's got to. Yeah. Havoc's like, trying to fight Captain Marvel. Uh, Dazzler's doing something with lights, but Captain America's like, Dazzler, why? Why are you defending Magneto? We were friends. Don't you remember that time we spent together? <laughs> Maybe just because he's another mutant. You don't know what it's like, Cap. We're pariahs wherever we go. All we ever each other. I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. But but I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> so uh, Captain America uses his shield to deflect her light beams, and Thor uses his hammer to spin and deflect the light beams as well. The girl turns us a dead ear, Cap. She gives us no choice. Magneto, I don't... Did he faint? Because... <laughs> Was he? Oh, he was attacked by Captain Marvel. That's right. So he he wakes up from his stupor and is like, "What's happening? Stop, you fools! Stop! The asteroid's full of explosives. It will self-destruct any second. In the blink of an eye, Captain Marvel goes straight into the uh, asteroid, trying to find all the devices, and she finds them in her astral form or whatever I said it was earlier, but. It's too late, and it blows up uh, Magneto. It's a pretty big blast, and Magneto manages to shield all of the X-Men and Avengers uh, using one of his magnetic force shields. Must ignore the pain in my jaw. Must concentrate. I guess Captain Marvel punched him in the jaw? I guess so. She open-handed slap fist-faced at him. (laughs) So the Avengers are out. Uh, Magneto's the only one that's awake, so he uses his magnetic powers somehow to levitate Rogue, Dazzler, Havoc, and Wolverine. Wolverine makes sense, but the others don't. Into the cockpit of the Blackbird, and they leave. He's using the iron in their blood, Jeremy. (laughs) Yes, sure. And Captain Marvel, uh, is trying to get Captain America out of the water because he was knocked out by the blast. Uh, the Avengers, I don't know, they're regrouping. And they're like, where's Dr. Where's Druid? Dr. Druid, says Black Knight. You don't suppose. Dot, dot, in fact, dot. it's true because, uh, well, we cut we cut over to the X-Men's Blackbird and Magneto's like, I'm once again in your debt, X-Men. Had you not returned, uh, I'd have been up the creek, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Wolverine says something still smells funny about this. Why are you wearing that old pot on your head again? That's a good question. <laughs> Look, I was willing to keep you out of the courtroom, but you owe us some explain explanation, bub. Well, when are we going to get some straight answers? Havoc's like, keep after him. There's a lot Magneto's not telling us. Rogue thinks to herself, why doesn't the world not let up on Magneto? It doesn't matter if he's guilty or not. There's no court in the world that wouldn't hang a mutant, which is, is, a, is a terrible point, but whatever. True. <laughs> In the back of the Blackbird, a mystery man, it's Dr. Druid, says, It appears there's much dissension amongst the X-Men. I only hope they continue to be so preoccupied, because I've mentally screened my presence from them, but it'll only last an hour. <laughs> so hopefully I get word to the Avengers. It, uh, he's like wringing his hands like Mr. Burns. Yeah. Smithers, release the hounds. Yes. So there, there you go. Next issue, the Soviets strike back. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit that 
We'll hit that next time here on the Danger Room Podcast. But so far, not a bad story, not a bad four-part miniseries. Curious to see where it's going and how this is going to affect the X-Men moving forward. I I'm, I don't think it does affect the X-Men at all moving forward, but I guess I'm kind of curious how it affects Magneto moving forward. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. So, uh, is he going to continue being the headmaster of the New Moons? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Like, where did we last leave the New Mutants? Uh, I don't know. They're probably in some other dimension or something. That was so long ago. I know, right? Uh, the, the, last, the, the last one I did, I think... They were at a prom party with the Hellions that was at the Hellfire Club. Oh, Magneto was there with Storm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, Storm wasn't there, but Magneto was there. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, then. Well, I, I got nothing Well, else. indeed. Yeah, so I guess we'll just end it here, right? Is that is that what we do? I We could talk about something else. Did you see Ready Player One? No. Did you read the book? No. I've seen other Steven Spielberg movies. Uh, you should read the book. <laughs> I think you would appreciate the book. Wait, wait, is that your review of the movie? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> I, here, here, here is my. If that's if that's your review of the movie, it's pretty hilarious, though. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? You should read the book. Well, I mean, the books are always better than the movies, aren't they? So that's not a great review although i guess the same isn't necessarily true of the shining would you agree with that have you read the shining i have not read the shining but isn't the shining like uh, the, the the movie very different from the book more or less i mean it, the the book is like 600 some pages and the movie is two and a half hours so they, it's one you, of the greatest freaking movies ever made it absolutely it's definitely it's it's definitely top three movies for me uh but the book is also quite good it's but yeah three wow it's up there man i was just thinking about that i'm not denying that it is a fantastic movie but i, I don't know if i'd put it in my top three so this but... is a, this is a problem i've had with movies because my my top 10 if you will changes on a i don't know probably a year-to-year basis same here but uh i i think i've pinpointed two of my top three movies and i guess one of them is the shining apparently. one of them is the shining and the other one is back to the future oh wow okay I, and and oh boy i think i think i might be able to eke out that third one i think it might be ghostbusters for the third one Oh, wow. So you're like an 80s guy. I think so. Like, I think it's taken me a long time to solidify that top three. Now, I can't do the next seven. I, I don't know what those are. But I, I think those, and I couldn't tell you what order those three are. Th- those three would probably change based on mood and season and what I last watched. But I, hmm. I, I think I can concretely say that if I was on a desert island <laughs> and I could have three movies with me for the rest of my life, I think it would be those three. And I think I would be okay with that. I would definitely want Terminator 2. Ooh. That's, that's one of my all-time. I think that is the best action film ever made. That's a strong, that's a strong movie. It's yeah. up there. It's definitely up. It's in the top ten just eminently watchable maybe top maybe top five i don't know if i can put in the top three though it's a good topic but anyways yeah (laughs) you should read ready player one and then you should see the movie and then you should Should i well i plan on i plan on i plan on seeing the movie is should i read the book first uh you know movies are so much easier to just go see (laughs) i really don't know how to answer that so i read the book um, and i'm not like a reader like i read i I can read obviously i read comic books um but i'm not like a voracious reader who always has like a novel that they're working on like it'll sometimes be two years or three years will go by and i'll be like i should read a novel and i'll read a novel and then that'll usually lead to me reading like three novels and then i'll be done for another two or three years so given that uh i picked somebody gave me this book it came in their um loot crate and they had already picked up the book and they're like uh, I thought of you when I got this extra copy. I was like, well, thanks, I guess. And I read that book in two days. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just I just, just destroyed it. I just tore through it because there is uh, so much love letteriness to your early to mid-80s um, nostalgia that you just kind of want to see, like, what's the next reference? What's he going to talk about next? Um so so it is it is it is very specifically 80s in the book because i i know i know the movie is definitely very 80s but yes 
Yes. Okay. Probably late cool. 70s, early 80s, mid 80s. But anyhow, uh, there, that's that's something else that we could talk about. But uh, I, I I know that I guess um, my preferred order would be book than movie. But I would also be interested in somebody's review who has not read the book, who just went in cold to see the movie. That'll be me. Because as I was watching the movie, I was like, how'd they draw that conclusion? How's the audience going to know what he's talking about? Because, like, you know, movies have to omit a lot of backstory to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Because it's a novel to... to Anyways, so as they're, like, dropping things that are referenced from the book, I was like, how, how do people understand what this is? Because I read the book and I have all this backstory and I understand exactly what that is. But, but if you don't <laughs> have this backstory, how do you understand it? But maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. All right. I'll go in cold. But then you should read the book. <laughs> I'll give you, well, no, I'll, I'll go in cold. I'll give you my review. We can talk about it. Okay. And then I'll read the book as a follow-up to that. And I'll probably have the book. Like, I'm like you. I read maybe one or two books a year. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll have it done this year. Maybe I won't. I remember being in college. I used to read like 20 books a year. What happened to those days? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, my name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the Danger Room is closed. <laughs>